we start? Side of Indianapolis. It's the Evan and Aaron Show presents the Red and the Blue Soccer Chat Live. Oh my god, we have had so many technical difficulties. My friend, I have the first round of drinks. I, 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 you should, guys, you should see this man work. His technological prowess is beyond everything. Okay, so there you go. Um, and of course, you know, our frame rate is too low. That's what happens. That's what happens. When, when you go into a new season, right, Premier League is turned on its head. Do better, ThinkPad. Do better. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us live tonight. As you can hear at the Chatham Chat Fishers, we are excited about being here. Um, one of the... Uh, Headman in charge, Rudy, is walking around. Rudy, how you doing, brother? Thank you so much for allowing us to be here. Aaron, talk to me, man. I, I, it's, it's been kind of a ho-hum start to the week, but, man, I've been looking forward to tonight to talk about the stuff we got to talk about. What do you I'm, I'm pumped. I'm really excited, um, not just for the Premier League, but have an opportunity to talk about uh, what's gone on this summer uh, in the women's game. The uh, U.S. women's national team did what you expect the U.S. women's national team to do, but it's still a great achievement. Yep. And then on top of that, the historic, oh. incredible uh, victory that the English Lionesses had at uh, the Women's Euro last week. Also, just a phenomenal final. Um, we're waiting on Io to join us here, but in the meantime, Evan, what's what's your biggest takeaway from England's victory and that final match that we both sat here uh, at Chatham Tap Fishers and uh, watched uh, just the other day? Yeah, uh, you know, first of all, hats off, hats off to the Lionesses. They are absolutely deserving of everything that they get. Uh, as far as accolades, the the accomplishment, you know, I, I, I'm not sure that we understand. Um, oh, do we have our guest? Here? We do. I believe we've got Io on the line. Uh, Io, can you hear us? I can hear you. What's good? Oh, you're Yay. coming through loud and clear. What's good, buddy? Glad to have you back. We were just doing the intro. Going to talk about uh, a recap of uh, the great summer of women's football, uh, specifically yep. uh, the historic. Victory for the English Lionesses, but what a great final and what a tremendous tournament! Um, get right into it, Io. What What was your biggest takeaway from this tournament? So we're just going to start with the heavy questions, huh? All right. <laughs> you know so, how we do around here. Hey, that's how we roll, brother. <laughs> oh man, that's that's a tough one to answer. Um, I I mean, I would say that women's football has arrived, but mm. that would be not true. I guess my biggest takeaway is like women. Women's football has always been here. People just not catching up. That would be my biggest takeaway. Yeah, I know how I feel about Good the call. sport. And I think it was Jill Scott um, from the English team that said something along the lines of, if I'm not mistaken, about like, um, no, we don't need to beg companies to come sponsor us. Like, we've been here. Like, if you have come in to support women's football now, you just have to realize that you late to the party. Now, again, I don't mind people being late to the party, I just might be being late for the party because they thought the quality of football was not the best, which 
just blows my mind because if you are a football lover, be it like you're watching like the Euro final or you're watching like people on the street, if you love football, it doesn't matter at all. Mm-hmm. Good football is good football wherever it is played. Now, some some may get more expo- um, some of these will get more exposure than others, but at the at the heart of it. I, that's the way I've always felt. Like good football is good football, regardless of who plays it. And if it's an entertaining match, it's an entertaining match regardless of who plays it. So, like I said, my biggest takeaway is, is like, uh, nah, not that women's football has arrived. It's just like, nah, y'all just late. So that's my that's my takeaway. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really in agreement with you. I, I I think what the beauty in this particular moment is the the history. Uh, around English women's football, the fact that they were explicitly told they couldn't play it in the 1920s. It was 50 years before they were allowed to play it again. We're two generations removed. Uh, There was, I think, a headline picture today showing Ellen White being kicked out of a boys' league because she was a girl when she was something like 13 years old, and now, you know, 15, 20 years later, she's, you know, one of England's all-time caps, maybe all-time cap, and, and scoring goals and, uh, you know, leading her team to victory. So I think it shows what can be accomplished in a short period of time. But I, I really echo your sentiment. You know, it's been here for a while. We've had women's sports, and it's something I've noticed on social media lately is the, the number of men who feel the need to denigrate. They, they can't just accept that this was oh, a, a good tournament. It's always, well, yeah, but they gave – you know, the, the tickets were cheaper or, you know, the WNBA is subsidized and all this stuff. Well, you know what? Lower leagues in the men's game have been subsidized. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll tell you this, the quality, the teamwork, the, the, the practice and effort and game plan that went into that entire tournament, but specifically that game, because I, I think we'll touch on this. Had Germany won that match, they would have been just as deserved victors. That was a tremendous Absolutely. football team that oh, yeah. was kind of flying under the radar. So you had two teams, and again, you know, you throw in the history of England versus Germany, oh, and all oh. of that counts. There, there's yeah. no grudge there. Yeah, no grudge. I, I just thought it was magical. Let's get to the game itself and one of the controversial moments. Uh, the, the German coach... I won't say she was sour grapes about it. I think she handled it as appropriately as she could. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a controversial no call on a handball that seemed to escape VAR. What are your thoughts on that? So, I thought initially it was a handball, but on the replay, it's hard. At least from my vantage point, it was hard to judge. I think the ball hit her right where the arm connects with the shoulder. And I think the biggest point, and I was watching ESPN at CN, Stevie Nichol brought up something which a lot of people didn't bring up. Because if it were a legit handball, not a, there were like, what, five German players around that play? And not a single one of them right. called, was yelled for handball. Because usually if that happens, they are yelling yes. hysterically at the ref like it's a handball. Not a single one of them. Well, thought it was a handball. You, you, do, now, I know that, you do get player reactions, like you said. You didn't see any Germans acting, but but yeah. you also see, you know, if you if you're playing yourself or uh, you, you know you're you're watching and a player mm-hmm. accidentally handballs or you know shoves somebody over, they immediately kind of throw their hands up in a oh I didn't do anything, but obviously you did or you wouldn't be thinking about it. Even the English yeah. player wasn't like oh she just moved on. So. Mm-hmm. I, 
I, yeah. I, I'm with you. The call on the field was a no call, and therefore you needed clear and conclusive evidence to overturn it. And I never saw an angle that said, yeah, her arm's moving to that ball in an unnatural position. It is unfortunate. I feel for the Germans because a goal right there probably would have changed momentum. Changed complexion of the match. But it didn't. Um, I, well, but here's the thing, if I may. Yeah. But, but here's the thing, though. Like, so, like, even if, you know, they were, um, the coach for Germany was upset that it was a no call, um, I think everyone watching that match can agree that um, there was a point in time for a good, like, 20 minutes after Mughal equalized where Germany could have won that game. Yes. And they should have. They should, like, they had their neck, their, their foot on England's neck. They were at their neck. That was their time. Yeah. Like, the England were on the ropes. Like, mm-hmm. that was their time, but they did not go for it. Now, you can make the argument, and I feel so bad for Alexandra Pop because she's yeah. she missed the last two Euros to injury, mm-hmm. and then she, she balls out of this Euros, and then gets an injury right before the final. Because you can make an argument how this game may have changed if she was, like, playing. But, yes. Okay, but even without her there, Germany had an opportunity to wrap this game up, and they let it go into extra time, and for some reason, which is very, for me, very un-German-like, Yes. Um, it looked like they were settling for it to go to penalties. And I'm just like, no. I'm like, nah, you could, you're you playing in Wembley. Yeah. I'm like, you need to kill this game off like now. Yeah. Don't, don't give these people hope. Like, yeah. kill this now. Well, yeah. And, well, but yeah. I, I think, you know, whether it was a I, – I, I don't think it was a conscious decision, but, you know, history weighs heavy on everybody, and mm-hmm. everybody yeah. has yeah. – you know, from whatever generation they're from, they remember England losing on penalty kicks to Germany in multiple competitions, mm-hmm. in multiple heartbreaking ways. Yeah. Okay. And while it's only been in the men's game, you know that was in the back of a lot of minds. And I think for the English, the English said, this is not going to penalties. We're going to win this in this extra yeah. time period. Yeah. And Germany, I think, did seem to be content to settle, um, especially when they really – that first five minutes, I think, of, of extra time, they got after it. Yeah. But once yeah. England settled down, England was much better in possession. Now, they didn't do a oh, lot yeah. with it at times, but they were much better at just keeping the ball, knocking it around, and kind of probing. And, you know, I, I don't know if it was tired legs or what, but, I mean, there was – look, I'm a little biased right now, but Ella Toon <laughs> came on and, 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 and scored, you know – the equalizer, and then Alessia Russo comes on, and oh. you know she didn't really get many opportunities on goal, oh. but she's a pest, and she's a big pest, and oh, yes. she 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 does the work, she closes you down, she makes you rush, mm-hmm. and I think that's what was going on at that point, and you know all of a sudden you've got, and and let's touch on this, Chloe Kelly out for basically most of the last year with a bad yep. knee injury, does mm-hmm. not have the opportunity mm-hmm. to demonstrate great. Great on Serena Vigman for saying, you know, this is a player I think we need and is going to come in handy. And her celebration already has been cheered by uh, uh, Brandy Chastain. And just yeah. just the joy, yeah. the, the, the sadness is, is the impact of VAR on the modern game. And you saw her kind of like waiting, waiting, yes. waiting, waiting. Mm-hmm. And, then, yeah. and then it's time to go. And it's like, all right, full yep. on celebration. For me, one of the best things to see was the fact that an awful lot of the English men's team was in the stands yeah. there supporting them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you imagine like if like how, how crushed 
what England's spirit would have been if they had lost two back-to-back Euro finals oh on home oh, yeah. <laughs> like I like that's the whole one of the reasons I'm like I'm happy they won it because I don't know if England would have ever recovered from that <laughs> back-to-back <laughs> at Wembley mentally that, Wembley that would be tough I think the only I, I, I would imagine this is probably a sentiment occurring much more on the continent and specifically in Germany, but two World Cup finals, or I'm sorry, two major championship finals between an English team and a German team settled at Wembley, and, you know, there's a controversial yeah. no-call kind of thing. Uh-huh. Uh, at, at least there's not a Russian on their deathbed saying, oh, it was definitely a handball. <laughs> wow. Um, oh, Might I take a moment to gush about Chloe Kelly? Please do, yes. Because... Because here's the thing, right? I don't think people, like, I'm happy. I am legitimately happy that she scored the winning goal. If you remember, she came on. She was urging the fans. Like, when yes. when the fans were 10, yeah. she was urging them. Like, no, let's go. Let's go. Come on. We can do it. Like, I don't think, like, because of the injury, I don't think people really understand how good Chloe Kelly is. Yeah. Like, I don't think people, re- like, she is a problem. Yeah. I do, like honestly, if she is not for that injury, she probably would be starting on this team. Wow, that's how good she is. Wow, like she is that good. But they, like, like you said, Aaron, the injury just got feeling. Like, I'm happy she's getting this moment, moment to shine. That is her moment. And like, but I don't think people understand just how good this was. In fact, I'm gonna just go ahead and like this whole. There are a lot of people. There are a lot of people on that team that didn't get a chance to play that a lot of people really have no idea how good they are. From Nikita Paris to um, Chloe Kelly to um, Beth England to Jess Carter. Like, they, like, there are people on this squad. Like, they did not, they did not, to Ellie Roebuck, who's a starting goalkeeper for Manchester City. She didn't even start in this game. And she's only 21. So, she was competing for the spot with Mary Earth. And, like, this like this team is deep. Yeah. Very deep. It's just like like it's just incredible how good this English team it was English team was. But yeah, I just wanted to gush about Chloe Kelly because Absolutely. I remember her playing for Everton and she was so good that Manchester City was like, Oh, we need her <laughs> <laughs> With with what we saw at, at you know, the in this past uh, six to nine months we have seen um you know the barcelona women's team set the record mm-hmm. for you know the the largest number of fans at a match uh, at the camp Nou. uh this was you know the highest attended match at a euro between men and, you know for men and women mm-hmm. what, what do you think this means for the women's professional game in europe and in the united states since we're seeing a lot of these players sort of move back and forth very freely. I don't fully understand how this occurs in the women's game, but I'm kind of actually for it as far as growing it. But what do you think this impact is going to be short-term and long-term? Um, so that's a very tricky question to answer because if, because if we're going to be honest, usually um, it was a whole sequence of events that made it sort of big. So let's start with ESPN promoting the crap out of this tournament, yes. which finally, good on them. Yeah, kudos to them. We'll start there. Second, um, it was played in England. So, like, 
the times really matched up well. It's not like because well, next I don't because the big question is I don't know how how many people will watch the Women's World Cup next year because it's in Australia. True, true, true. Mm. And the time difference, so the time difference really helped there. And England was one of the favorites to win this entire thing. Yeah. So I think ev- everything fell into place for this tournament. Like I was, I would have been shocked if this tournament wasn't. A success because everything that you needed this tournament to be a success fell into place from jump. You could sense it, like it was it was happening. Like like I would have been shocked if it wasn't a success. Yeah. So as far as the short term goes, short term goes, I think it's good. Um, I think a lot of people will um, will um, attend a lot of um, WSL games. Um, it's long term. Like a lot of people will go see like because. So this is where um, some of the not-so-fun parts part of watching women's football, especially in England, is. So, like, as far as the WSL goes, a lot of talent is concentrated in your Uniteds, your Cities, your Chelsea's, your Arsenal's. So mo- I don't know anyone on that England team off the top of my head who plays for a team other than those four. So mm-hmm. it's one thing if you're going to go see... Arsenal, if you go see uh, Beth Mead at Arsenal, if you go see Millie Bright at Chelsea, if you go see El, um, Alicia Russo at United, but I, um, are you going to go watch a Brighton Spurs game if you don't know anyone who's like, because that's a real test. Sure. To be fair, I won't watch a Brighton Spurs game in the men's game. Hey, Io. Hey, Io. How you doing, man? Um, this is Evan. And, uh, brother, hey, you know, I, if, I hope the, you, if the the bass in his voice didn't give that away, well, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> I need to recognize my brother. Anyway, um, man, I have seen so many posts after you know this women's Euro, um, mm-hmm. you know, the Africa Cup of Nations, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Concacaf, women's Concacaf. Yep. I, I've seen so many posts of little girls like standing next to these big, huge TVs watching these women. Mm-hmm. Um, play soccer these are not women soccer players these are soccer players who happen to be women and um they're looking up and they're seeing you know people that look like them do that yes and um aaron just pulled one up um you know for me once again as a historian i look at all this and i want to hear from you like you know aaron asked okay what does this mean for the women's game my i guess my question to you is like Man, where where do you see this kind of huge event leading? Um, and, and I'm a historian. I focus on the United States. Where does it lead the United States? When are we going to start to jump on board um, with the rest of the world and realize that these athletes, man, the, these 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 aren't female athletes. These are athletes that they are playing the same game that they are, you know, getting hurt. Just like everyone else, mm-hmm. they're they're playing yep. hurt and they're 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 fighting through. Um, where does this leave us um, as a nation? And yeah, you know, feel free to get as political as you want on this because that's what we do here, my friend. We push the boundaries between sports and politics. <laughs> Jamel Hill. Um, oh, I have no problem with that because you know my philosophy: existence is political. So yes. you know, there's that. <laughs> so, but um, man. That's a tough question to answer. Um, I think the U.S. As, 
first, let me let me start by, uh, you know what, I'm going to first tackle the European side and then I'm going to tackle the American side. Just so, so I don't, you know, jumble up my thoughts because you asked a heavy question there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so let me start with the European side. Um, as far as where this leaves Europe, um, it leaves, I would say it leaves in a really good place. Um, I will say, and I, this hasn't gotten as much mention as I would have liked, um, so I'm turning 39 in a month. Youngster. And I have, Youngster. And I, <laughs> and I have watched football for the better part of 35 years. Basically, almost my entire existence. Now, full disclosure, this is the first women's heroes I've actually like sat down and watched from beginning to end. However, probably I the first Euros it. we could sit down to watch from it. Yes. We could watch, yes. 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 Now, I have watched um, Women's African Cup of Nations before for obvious reasons. We lived in Nigeria, was able to get access to that. Um, I've watched every Women's World Cup since 95. I've watched a- every Women's Olympic tournament um, since 2000. And, uh, of course, you know, everything in between. This was probably the whitest football tournament I've seen in my life. Mm. Like, mm. it was, it was, sh- like, it was jarring. And look at me, I loved the entire tournament. It was great. It was fantastic. I wouldn't change it. It was just really jarring mm-hmm. <laughs> to see all, like, the English team, like, <clears throat> like, um, they had, like, two players who were not white. Um, yeah. And I don't think any of them played. Um, right. the, the play, the team that has the most um, players who are not white was no surprise here, France. Yes. But it was just jarring. Like there were multiple days I went watching this tournament and not see a single person who was not white who who was not white. So I do think, as far as Europe goes, I do think they'll be able to keep the numbers. But the problem is like the diversity. It's pretty bad like they need to they i wish people would still touch on that more and i do think they do need to put more resources into like mm-hmm. recruiting women of color yeah. to play football because yeah. there's no reason why it shouldn't like on the men's side it's not a problem at all yeah. like, it should it shouldn't should it be a problem for the women like i feel like that will be the next logical best uh, step forward whereas like as you grow the game you grow the gaming people who have not necessarily been invited to play the game. So do you think, as far as yoga, do you think yeah, that's so. a, a, a sort of a, an extension of, you know, the, the concept of, you know, women have, you know, kind of had to, had to follow, have been second class at some point. And obviously uh, women, you know, uh, of color, people of color in general, but women of color are, you know, definitely going to get pushed further down the pecking order. What what can be done, you know, in in places like England, uh, like Holland, like Germany, that that do have, you know, large, you know, populations of you know people of color? How do you encourage them to to get into the sport, and how do you help them get into the sport? I, I think the I mean, <clears throat> for I, I think the solutions are already there because it's like you already know they already know where these people are. True. The, the issue is not finding these people. The issue is just go in there and be like, hey, football is, is an option for y'all. But, like, they know where they are. 
the issue is not even like finding the people. The issue is just going to be like, hey, football is an option. It's open to everybody. Like, there's the reason why all of us love football because I truly believe in my heart of hearts there is no game that is as universal and has so many different people watching the same experience like football. Yeah. It, there's nothing like I will, I will die on that hill to the day I die. That, that is what attracts me to this sport since I was five years old. It's, wow. that, is, that is the reason why. It's, like, it's already a universal sport. Yes. So it's the setup is already there. It's already there. Yes. I mean, just go to the people and be like, calm on down. And as, and as a person of color, and Evan can attest to this, if they, walk, if they make it welcoming, we'll be there. Because yeah. if there's one thing people of color don't do, it's like, we know when we're not welcome, and we're not about oh, to go there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Along those lines, you know, we, we've seen that uh, there's going to be a match at Wembley between the U.S. women's national team and the English Lionesses. Yep. I think even more importantly than that, uh, Brazil and England are going to play in, mm. you know, uh, uh, whatever they're calling the, the super championship between. Yeah, I forget what they call it, but yeah, they're going to play. Um, and I, I, it, it would be great if, uh, you know, they invited the winner of the African Cup of Nations as well. What do you think, how does this bode for the World Cup and the Olympics that are upcoming? Is this going to be able to continue to promote the game? And does, you know, is it, is it I think it is, is a good thing. I think the more we see these women playing at such a high level is a positive. But let's say the U.S. women crush England in the fall. Does it set them back or is this still positive movement forward? No, no, I like honestly. The, at least, as far as I'm concerned, um, there will be no quote unquote losers as far as that is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'll be quite honest, if the if if um, let's just say, like you said, for sake of argument, if the U.S. going to Wembley and just whack England, and people are like, ah, uh, you know, women's football this, that, and the third, then I will say you never wanted to be here to begin with. I mean, honestly, yeah. we thought we could probably do without you. Yes. I mean, I don't. I remember. I re, I'm old enough to remember uh, when uh, England destroyed the crap out of Germany in a World Cup qualifier. Uh, ain't nobody over there say, "Oh God, uh, football in Germany. We're going to suffer now." Oh God, no one's going to come watch these matches. I mean, they were upset about it because you know how the hell England going to do that to us. But <laughs> as far as the future, but as far as the future of the sport, I mean, no one was tripping about that. I mean, right. it did. It didn't stop people from going to Bayern Munich Dortmund games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why I'm concerned. So, um, I I just think it would be a good advert for the sport in general. Um, like I said, it's already sold out. I think it sold out within 24 hours, if I'm not mistaken. So honestly, from here, um, from here, the only place goes up. Like I said, I'm just worried about the um, the World Cup next year because of the time difference. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't know how many people love football as much as us to wake up at four in the morning. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't watch the Olympics, so I don't know how many people want to watch want to wake up at four a.m. in the morning to watch a World Cup match in Sydney. Well, so I think, I'll do it. That, I'll, that'll be my fear. I'll do it, and I'll cancel all my classes that day. How's that, man? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give extra credit for them watching. <laughs> If the president of Marion University is listening right now, that's a joke. <laughs> um, so, I, like, one kind of final wrap-up here before we move on toward uh, the Premier League. 
with that said, you know, I, I think U.S. fans are going to tune in. I think the time difference actually might help Europe a little bit because it, it won't be yeah. as harsh. Yeah. Um, yeah. They'll still be watching the game in the, in the morning. What's your prediction right now? Who are we going to be seeing as, as the big teams to watch? Who are our big four teams for the World Cup next year? Mm. Oh, man, you're going to ask me this already? We're, are you here out, dog? No. All right, so I'll... When you, when you dial in, Io, when you dial in, baby, you got to be ready. There are no softballs on this yeah. show. Fair, fair enough. So, full disclosure, I picked Sweden to win this whole thing. Oh. Oh. So, and we see how that went. But anyway, I mean, I was close. I got to the semis. I was close. Mm-hmm. Either here or there. As far as um, who? So, as of right now, oh, I got you. Because I got a bold prediction after this. So, the U.S., obviously, one of the big teams. England, with them just hearing Euros. I think this may be Alexander Pop's last major tournament. Mm. So, I may throw Germany in there. Okay. I... I do want to throw France in there, but man, they have disappointed me for the past seven years. I, man, I'm trying to put them in there, but I can't. So I'm going to just go ahead and say the U.S., Germany, England, and our current gold medalist, Canada. Oh, nice. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I like that take. Uh, Canada has looked strong. I question how strong Central and South America are. I don't. I, I watched that Brazil-Colombia final, and I thought it was a good mm-hmm. match. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But I saw a lot that I think a team like England, a team like Germany, a team like the United States would readily exploit. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I, unfortunately, I did not get to watch much of the um, African, uh, you know, Cup of Nations. Just, you know, I can't have every cable network out there. Uh, <laughs> but I did follow it. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, I think they're still probably lagging a little bit behind in development. Yes. Um, but it would be great to see, you know, one of these teams make a deep run because I think there's a lot more opportunity in the women's game to be a bit of an outsider, sure. be a dark uh-huh. horse, and make a run in the tournament. Um, but I, I think you're spot on with, with, your, uh, with your four picks there. Mm-hmm. Now, so but as far as the dark horse goes, and – I am biased. I'm going to put that out there. I got two. If you're looking for an African team that could make a deep run, Nigeria, yes. obviously. Sure. Coming African chapters. Just gonna, if they get like a semi-decent road, they could make it. But here's my full prediction. Um, the U.S. ain't going to win a World Cup for a long time. <laughs> like, okay. and, enjoy, and enjoy 2019. <laughs> uh, it was a good run. Wow. Uh, but y'all not, Because people, people tend to forget this. Uh, the U.S. did not win a World Cup between 1999 and 2015. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a stretch of literally 14 years, but the U.S. did not win a World Cup. Right. People tend to forget that. And if we are going on the current trajectory that we are on, as far as the European teams go, and that's even before we're like, they haven't won the Olympic gold medal since 2012. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, so. Wow. Yeah. You're right. I, I don't think. Yeah, it, the left I, I, I don't think it's as quite, you know, the, the, the hot take as, as you're saying. Um, but I, I, I'm with you. It would 
I think probably surprise a lot of people uh, to see the U.S., uh, especially if they fail to make it to, say, the semifinal or a quarterfinal yeah. uh, because they run into, you know, a really, really tough group. Um, yeah. I, 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 but you'd be, you'd be surprised how many people think it's a hot take. But I'm just saying, I mean... Well, yeah. a lot because of those last, people would last... be U.S. fans who don't watch other soccer. Well, and that's the thing. I <laughs> that think is fair. Iowa, actually, I think we said that on this show before. I think we, you know, Aaron made the point, and we, I think, doubled down on the point last time we were broadcasting in the fact that, you know, the the world has closed the gap. Mm-hmm. And it has, it, it, it's not just happened overnight. Like, it has been a progressive thing over the last 10 years. It, if the U.S. is going to win this World Cup, they, I think, are going to be stretched as far as they've ever been stretched, man. Um, yes. Yeah. I agree. So, so that, that, that's my hot take. It's going to be a minute before the U.S. sees any major silverware because uh, the Europeans are here. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's official. They're here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, sure. like, before they were like, before they were like, because I always like to, <laughs> before I was like, because, 2019 is one of the more impressive like World Cup runs, regardless of gender I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Where the U.S. won in France, uh, considering every team they had to go through. Yeah. So, um, wow. yeah, I mean, if you look back at it, um, they beat Spain, they beat France, they beat England, and then they beat the current European champions at the time, the Dutch, all the way to win that in France. I mean, I don't care... I don't care how you feel about football. That is impressive. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, get up. Yep. Um, if they get that kind of run again, they go win. Right. <laughs> like, no way, no way, no how. Mm-hmm. They're not going to win. But, I mean, if they do, I'll, I'll be the first one to be like, you know what? Hats off, man. That, that, that's impressive. But I can't, I can't see it. I can't see it with this English team coming. Um, don't forget the Spanish because they lost their right. best player right before the tournament started. And True. Alexia Pateas, who is a monster. Um, Agreed. They've lost the last two times they played the Swedes. And if we're going to be honest, the Swedes, as good as they are, they don't even have as much firepower as a lot of these other teams. And I, I just am France, even though they are my serial disappointment in life. <laughs> Uh, they have some fire, some fire players coming through the pipeline. Mm, yeah. So I just don't know how mm, they are yeah. going to win another major tournament for a minute. I'm not saying it's impossible. Sure. Yeah. I'm just saying I don't know how. But I, I think me. I think the only thing I would say to that is what we saw this summer uh, is. Yet again, the U.S. does not rebuild. They just keep bringing players yes. through. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if they can continue with that, they're at least going to be in the conversation. Io, it sounds oh, like I- you need to uh, get to some daddy duties. If you want to stick around and chat a little Chelsea here in a little bit, please do. Uh, but it is. Now, you are absolutely correct because there is a new dog in the house and she peed everywhere and is infuriated. So awesome. you are correct. Well, we appreciate you uh, joining us tonight, man. Uh, we look forward to having you back on the show throughout the season. Definitely want to get your take on uh, Chelsea and the uh, women's season uh, all throughout. So, forget and, and Io, forgive my predictions that are coming up about Chelsea. Okay, I just I'm I'm, I'm a realist, brother. They, 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 they can't be as dire as mine. So we'll just say, <laughs> leave it at that. <laughs> all right. Well, I tell you what. This week the halftime shot goes to Io. 
Absolutely appreciate you, buddy. Love you. And uh, looking forward appreciate to actually see you in person uh, at Chatham Tap soon. Yep, yep, yep. Take care, Absolutely. Brother. Y'all be easy. See you. Launch you. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was the halftime shot. Yes. Um, brought to you by IO. Man, it's so good uh, to have him on the show. And, and this is another reason we just love having Claire around because Claire is awesome. And we, she just intuitively knows when we're low on stuff. Yes. Uh, honestly, folks, we are so just privileged for Chatham Tap Fishers uh, to let us be in here. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate all their locations. This happens to be our local. But if you're downtown, uh, Mass Ave. If, you, if you're uh, midtown around uh, Butler, another great place. They're yep. great servers. Everybody's wonderful. And right now, we'll give a shout out. Uh, the Premier League season's kicking off this week and actually kicks off Friday. Uh, and you can come in here and watch that match for sure. But they will be open early Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Mm. and then Sunday at 9 a.m. for the Mighty Reds of Manchester United to kick Ooh. off their season. Um, oh, along you're just those skip lines. skip over Saturday just like that. Huh? Along so. those lines, Evan. Well, I tell you what, we will. Oh, are you going to start us off? <laughs> Evan. Oh my gosh, man. Uh, we'll just jump right in. Uh, we can we can start with Chelsea if you'd like, uh, or or we can we can give a rundown. Uh, you know, as usual, kind of playing it all playing it all by ear. Uh, how's Chelsea looking? Uh, what are your thoughts on Thomas Tuchel and some of his comments lately? Are you happy with what's going on? And where do you think Chelsea's going to ultimately end up? Man, those are like all. That's the rest of our time together, man. <laughs> you, that's the rest of our time together. Hey, it is so, the red and blue soccer I mean, chat. It is the red and so. blue soccer chat. So here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to kind of, um, since this is our you know, Premier League, Premier show for 22-23, um, I'd like to kind of go down the list of all the teams. Absolutely. And if there's anything that you know tickles your fancy to talk about, uh, we'll do that. I love my fancy getting tickled. Uh, you love that. There you go. Um, then, then we'll give comments, but then we'll save – the uh, the Red Devils, and we'll say you know the Blues to the end, um, and then talk about that. But then, uh, just spoiler alert: my Hey Aaron segment is our predictions nice. for the top six, the most goals, mm-hmm. player of the year, mm-hmm. and who gets relegated, my okay. friend. So so we're going to spend a lot of time on that. Um, so let's start kind of in the outskirts of. London. Let's let, let's go to Manchester and their other team. Let's start with Manchester City. What I see with them, my friend, is I see um, all eyes, unfortunately, on a 22-year-old Norwegian um, who has the entire weight of Manchester City on his shoulders right now. Erling Holland. Um, uh, you know, it's no secret I am a Dortmund fan. Followed, you know, followed him for the past year as I started getting into the Bundesliga, and the kid is 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 a physical specimen. Yeah. Um, you know, from the age of 12, 13, he started playing with adult men in yeah. soccer leagues, and so um, it was really interesting to kind of dig into his background and see where he came from, and you know, his kind of lineage there. I think that Man City is going to hinge on um, 
how well Erling Holland does. Uh, if he scores them, you know, 15, 16 goals this year, they're going to repeat. Mm-hmm. If he pulls a Lukaku, and once again, it, please do not say think that that's me blaming Lukaku, but if he pulls Lukaku, I think then we're looking at an open door for another team that we'll talk about here in a little bit. What do you think about Man City this year, my friend? Uh, well, uh, they're they're doing what Man City does. I mean, they're already powerful, and they went out and got arguably the best up-and-coming striker in the game. He is a physical specimen. He's left foot, right foot, finish in the air, hold the ball up, can beat you for pace. He's, he's excellent. Um, I think the only question marks uh, around him are, is he going to fit into the system? Yeah. City's played with a false nine for the last couple of years. They tend to sort of platoon their goals from a variety of players. I mean... Kevin De Bruyne uh, I typically, I, I think, has as many goals as assists, most likely. Um, Raheem Sterling is not going to be there, but you've got Jack Grealish in the second year uh, at, at City, and it's second-year guys that seem to start finding their feet under Pep yeah. um, and, and contributing. They've, they've just got plenty of talent, so I'm with you. I think as Erling Holland goes, so goes Manchester City's season. They're definitely one of the... I mean, they're top two. Uh, yeah. Man City and Liverpool, yes. and then the next four to five teams uh, is, is the discussion. That said, if Erling Holland gets hurt, mm. or Erling Holland and his teammates can't quite get on the same page, I could see them stumbling enough to leave the door open, not just for Liverpool, but to find themselves fighting off third and fourth place a yes. little bit. Yes. I, I, I don't think they're going to struggle for top four. Uh, but as we get into it, I can see some other teams gaining some momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, We'll get to it eventually, but let's face it, Chelsea's been the closest competitor over the last couple of years. Mm. And if they can get things uh, you know, back on track, I would say, yeah. uh, they're certainly in the mix. Um, you know, uh, Liverpool's up there. Let's but, go ahead and move. Let's yeah, move there. Let's you know, I, I well, I, and I, I think with Liverpool, same sort of thing. You've got Sadio or Sadio Mane uh, leaving. Uh, they've Went they've to Bayern. brought in uh, Darwin Nunez. So yes. here, here we see two teams that have largely played a sort of platoon front line, come at you with multiple players. Finally, deciding no, we actually need you know a point man, a striker, a true number nine. Um, and, you know, he was on United's radar, and I, I was looking at him and thinking, wow, this is really exciting, and Liverpool come in and swoop in. Um, got He's already got a hat trick in preseason. Yep. He looks the part. Um, my question marks around Liverpool have more to do with uh, their their defense. Mm-hmm. Um, Virgil van Dijk is, is starting starting to show a, a little bit of age. Um, yes, it was preseason, but, boy, he got beat for pace very, very badly against United. Um, and not just that, if he were to sustain an injury, I don't think Liverpool's back line goes all that deep. I still have question marks around some of those guys. Mm. Don't get me wrong. Uh, TTA and Andy Robertson are two of the best backs in, in the game, never mind just England. Um, but if, if you have to rely on um, you know, Matip and some backups to help you get through, uh, or as we saw uh, uh, last year with... Jordan Henderson, Henderson having to, to drop deep, that that causes some problems. These yeah. are great players, but, I mean, I remember when Michael Carrick had to play in defense for Manchester United, yep. and the guy's a brilliant 
holding midfielder. He's not a brilliant center back. He's a no. functional center back. So that's my thoughts on Liverpool. Where what where do you have him? I, I think that Alexander Arnold is the, the key for me. Like, can he help fill that gap? T A A, not T T A. Yeah. Yeah, T A A. Can can he help? <laughs> that's all right. Hey. You know what? It's at least we corrected in real time right here, this man. time. It's this stuff right here. Uh, you know, can, can Alexander Arnold help fill that gap that Mane left? Um, he he can attack and he can get forward and he absolutely he must get forward. Absolutely, for I, I don't think. Oh, we got good friend of the pod, hey. Don, coming up here. I've never listened Don, to him. You, you, uh, you now to. you don't say that while we're on you air. Come to. on. You know, you, you we're, we're running down the. What, they're, what we're thinking that they're going to do this year. So you gotta, you got to listen. I'm just saying. So We are the Evan and Aaron Show presents the Red and Blue Soccer Chat. Thank you for giving us a promo right now because we're on Spotify. <laughs> we're on Anchor, Instagram, Facebook Live, YouTube. You Don, can find us best. anywhere, Don. Find, you find yeah, us right. anywhere. That's right, brother. Take right, care. Rip. See? Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think you'll see us this weekend. Come on Absolutely. out. Just another Absolutely. one of the characters you'll run into here Absolutely. at Chatham Tap yes. Fishers. Um, so, that's the beauty of this place is there's always somebody to talk footy with. There's I, always somebody to get into a little bit of banter with, whether they uh, uh, – Matthias, our, our, our local German who, who likes to yes. be uh, supportive of uh, Bayern yes. Munich uh, and, and, and quite a few regulars who are Liverpool and Tottenham I'm, fans. Uh, it, it's a great time. So definitely so, come on out. Yeah. Back to it, Evan. Back to it. Um, I'm, I'm telling you, you know, here is the first place, and I will transition to the next team that I'm thinking. The first place that I've ever heard of Fat Frank's Breakfast. Oh, well. You know, and, and, and that's a la Aaron right here. Let's go to Everton, shall we? Um, you know, I, I have a soft spot in my heart, obviously, mm-hmm. for Frank Lampard. Um, I think, and I will stand by this, and Io, I'd love to get your opinion on this. I think they let Frank go too soon. Um, you know, I'm, I'm okay with Tuchel. Tuchel, he's got the range right now. But what Frank did in Everton last year, he, he brought a, a sense of pride, I think, back to the club. Uh, can he carry the momentum? And can he, can he impress upon the team consistency? I mean, they, they, they signed from, from, from Burnley um, James uh, Tinkowski. I think. Uh, Tarkowski. Yeah, Tarkowski, I'm sorry. Um, A a center back, right? Desperately needed. How good also can Andy Gordon be this year? Um, He scored some goals and really got them out in front when they needed to get out in front at the end of the season. What do you see for Everton, man? I I, I do not see, and this is, a once again, spoiler, I don't see them getting relegated this year. Oh, th- I don't believe they're going to get relegated. I think uh, Frank's second season, he's going to be able to, uh, you know, Im- impose his vision on the team. I think the problem, as ever with Everton, is do they have the players to run yeah. deep into the season? Yes. Um, you know, th- they've obviously rid themselves of, of some players who didn't want to be there. I'm a huge James Rodriguez fan, but really the way he walked out on Carlo Ancelotti and, quite frankly, the way Carlo Ancelotti walked out on Everton, yeah. both of those were really, really disappointing. Yeah. So. I'm hoping. I, I, I've I've always been a fan of Frank Lampard, even when he was scoring goals against us and, and, and helping Chelsea win the league. I, I really like the guy. Um, he's really just intelligent. I, I I know ultimately Chelsea had success 
after firing him, but I, I would like to have seen him stay because he is such a club legend. Um, but I, I hope he does well at Everton. I fear he's going to run into the same problem that most Everton managers run into, and that is they just cannot compete in the market and therefore do not bring enough players to the table to keep them in the mix. I, I used to love them when they were hovering around the top six, um, but we saw the couple of times they did make the Champions League. Yeah. They just don't really have an organization set up to um, you know, compete at that level. Hmm. If he can get some guys firing, if he can get some you know, couple, couple good buys in, this is a project. I don't think we should expect to see right. Everton competing for the top six right now. If Frank can keep them top ten and convince maybe a couple veteran guys to come in, maybe bring in some young players on loan from elsewhere who need minutes yep. and nurture those guys. I could see them having some success. Um, I, I've got question marks. I, I, again, I, I don't see them fighting relegation in the way that they kind of did last year. I think that was a, a lot more to do with the circumstances. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 I wish them well. I'm not worried about their challenge. Yeah. Um, do me a favor and hit that button right there, my friend, uh, Ooh, because yes. we are moving. Hold on. Got it. Yep. We are moving to Leeds United, ladies and gentlemen. Leeds. That disappoints uh, this Manchester United fan, I know, but I know, all right. I know, I know, I know, I know. But, you know, with, with what Jesse Marsh has going on there, the signing oh, of, you know, the signing of Tyler Adams and Brendan Aronson, um, you know, I think it helps because Callan Phillips, mm -hmm. you know, went to City. It's, it's going to be a loss. Rafinha went to Barcelona, Barcelona, and it, it, those are losses. But I love the fact that we actually get to see, and young boys and girls get to see American players. Yeah. You know, not just, you know, once again, all of I, I just love it. I love no. what Leeds is doing. I think that, that, that Jesse Marsh has the right idea. Is he banking too heavy on the Yankee influence, though? No, I, I, I think both of these are good buys. I, one, I think it's a great move for Brendan Aronson uh, to come over. He, he had a really, really good breakout season. He's mm -hmm. played well for the U.S. men's national team in the last year or so. I do question the Tyler Adams move because uh, mm. frankly I really believed he was set to go to somewhere slightly bigger that said um, I'm gonna believe for the time being that Jesse Marsh called him up personally and said yep. let's build something here yep. and, and not just an American thing but an American thing sure. because there's a relationship there there's an understanding they already are familiar with one another it could be huge. It could be absolutely huge. Their, their style of play, the fans have embraced Jesse Marsh. Mm -hmm. I don't think I, – I think he's got a little bit of, of um, slack from the fans. Mm. I, I, you know, you come on the heels of a guy like Marcelo Bielsa who, you know, brings a lot of reputation, brings a particular style, and Jesse Marsh seems to have won – not just the fans over, but the players over. You saw yeah. how they responded in some of those matches. You saw the way he talked to them after games. I think it could be huge. I could definitely see Leeds putting a run together and finding themselves definitely in the top half of the table wow. for a okay. good portion of the season. Okay. Again, the Premier League is a grind. Yes. You compete on multiple fronts, the FA Cup, the League Cup. You know They're not in Europe, but 
these things take their toll. Can these guys stay healthy? Do they have the depth to compete? Can they score enough goals? Yeah. I have question marks around that, um, but at their best, yes. They're going to cause problems for teams. We've already seen it, and it's really, really enjoyable to watch. And it's also great to just, I mean, yeah, uh, I, we're homers. Jesse Marsh, <laughs> Brendan Aronson, Tyler Adams, I want to see you do well. Yes. Um, just don't beat United. Yes. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And please keep the goals to a minimum against Chelsea. That's all I'm saying. Um, let's move to the London teams minus Chelsea because mm-hmm. we'll save them. Um, let's move. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to list them off and then boom, boom, boom. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't guessed yet, we've actually moved into our Hey Aaron segment. <laughs> Somewhat, um, I'm just going to list them off, and Aaron, you know, about 30 seconds of good, sure. good stuff, good shit sure. that you have. Um, let's start with the Gunners. Arsenal, what do you think? Um, well, you know, they have historically been excited for the beginning of the season because it's the one time they're at the top of the table alphabetically, <laughs> uh, and because ESPN does not include the AFC in front of Bournemouth, uh, they, wow. they continue to occupy that spot. Wow. Um, I was actually impressed with them from what I've seen in the preseason, and I think Gabriel Jesus mm-hmm. is a tremendous pickup for oh, them. Huge. He's a real striker that huge. has been missing. Yang let them down last year, mm-hmm. and, Ch- and Arsenal create opportunities. They've got a lot of really, really uh, nice players. Yep. Um, oh, uh, of course I'm drawing a blank on the uh, – Central midfielder from Scandinavia right now. Oh, Odegaard. Oh, please. Oh, I'm hurting myself here. Now Kirk, I, got, uh, I about said Kierkegaard. <laughs> I went Kierkegaard, Kierkegaard. By the way, I can now. I can. I, I can like, talk for a long, yeah, long time. Like, oh man, I went academic on us there. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> about that. <laughs> yes, Martin Odegaard. That was Odegaard. actually correct. There you go. There so you go. I think between Odegaard, Partey, Saka. <laughs> Emil Smith, I mean, I'm looking at this mm-hmm. team right now, and I am seeing a lot of talent. Yes. Can Arteta wrangle that? Can he That's get them the playing the yes. way he wants them to play? Because they they do Arsenal shit from mm-hmm. time to time, and, sure. and it, it, it just, it's really mind-boggling. That said, if they continue with this sort of level of energy yeah. that they've brought to these games, they're scoring goals. They're scoring lots of goals. You're aware that they scored uh, I'm a very, lot of goals. Very, very I'm not going to read too much into preseason. I'm excited well, to watch okay. their first game, uh, which, which is will Friday be night against Crystal Palace away. Which so that is that that's, is that's an, not an easy way to start the season no, to go to a London rival that has historically played them well. Uh, we need tiny drinks. Oh, we need tiny drinks. Yes. Okay, I'm going to follow his lead then. Um, okay. Yes. I'm a bad influence on this show. Uh, but I, 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 I've gone well past 30 seconds here. I think yeah. Arsenal will definitely be a top four contender. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. My, my, okay. Then let's go to the next team because my question is, can they keep pace with the next team? The next team for me is a dark horse in the EPL mm. this year, and that's the hot spurs of Tottenham. When you say dark horse, for to challenge for the title? To challenge top four. Okay, well, I, I, I would say they've been challenging top four for the last few seasons. Okay. They've, they've hovered around it, and I think, yet again, the very, very simple... Uh, Tiny beverages. Thank you. Tiny, Tiny beverages. beverages. I think the very simplistic way to look at this is, is Harry Kane going to stay healthy for the whole season? 
Because if he does, the partnership that he has created with Young Men's oh, Son man. and the, the way the rest of the team has rallied around, I still question why Eric Dyer plays center back mm. for Tottenham when the guy, had, you know, early in his mm. career demonstrated he's one of the better, you know, holding midfielders in the game, at least in England, and is found wanting quite a bit. Yeah. Again, Spurs, much like Liverpool, do you have the defense to go the entire season? Do you, I, I want to get your opinion on Richards, uh, Richardson. Yeah. Richarlison. Damn it. That's what happens when I drink. From Everton. Dude, a good pickup or just like a... You know, I've gone back and forth on him uh, with a good United buddy. I question his mentality from the standpoint Ooh. of when it gets into, you know, the, mm. the pressure at a club like Everton is not the same. They, they aren't challenging consistently for the top four. You can get away with some of those antics. When he throws his hands up in the air, when he starts diving, when he starts getting yellow cards for complaining to the referee and yelling at his teammates, what's the response going to be? Mm. I think he could be good because he's talented and he knows mm. where he knows where the goal is, and mm. when he wants to, he fights his ass off. But if he doesn't want to, he could be a problem child. Wow. So uh, West Ham, uh, they kept Bowen, kept Declan Rice. Um, my question to you, can David Moyes, can he not be so freaking predictable and kind of open the game up for these guys so that they can actually challenge for a title this year? No. No. And in, 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 in a word, no. Um, and, and I won't put that strictly at the feet of David Moyes. Uh, I, I think the failure for Manchester United and West Ham to come to an agreement on Jesse Lingard would have been would have been beneficial for both clubs. Uh, you know, Jesse's gone to Not Forest. Um, I, I I don't know. We'll we'll get to them here in a minute. But West Ham were clearly a better team, and Jesse Lingard was a happy player there. Um, so I think without a top playmaker, without a top goal scorer, West Ham's going to do what West Ham has typically mm. done, which is play well for long periods and then ultimately flatter to deceive. Let's go to the Eagles. Uh, Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace, I think, is your dark horse team for this year to overperform from where they were. Um, Patrick Vieira, lots of talent. Can they confirm last season with a strong performance this season? Um, It's huge for them. What does Zaha and the fellas have to do to ensure that they have a top 10, top half table finish? Wilfred Zaha just needs to keep doing what he has been doing. Um, and then you've got several other players that I really like. Nathaniel Klein has been tremendous. Mm-hmm. Uh, Milivojevic is, is still doing. Eze and, and, and Zaha have worked up a partnership. I think they're going to miss Connor Gallagher. Yes. And they're going to need somebody to step up because that kid did work. Yeah. And we'll get to him in a minute oh, yeah. because I'm not so sure Chelsea understand what to do with him. Uh- but stop stealing the thunder. Can Crystal, <laughs> can Crystal Palace find somebody that's going to step up and match his energy, his passion? Because I've liked the trajectory, and I, I've really liked what I've seen from Patrick Vieira as a manager. Yeah. Crystal Palace will definitely be in the top ten, and they're going to cause some upsets. They, yeah. and, and, hey, tune in on Friday. That Palace-Arsenal match mm-hmm. could be, be a, a bellwether for both of those teams. Oh, that would be a great match. All right, let's move to uh, Brentford. Thomas Frank, 
what he's done there. Huge first season, mm-hmm. you know, coming back from relegation. Can they maintain? Can they maintain what they've done with Erickson gone? It's going to be a struggle. Uh, you know, it, it, it was a present that fell in their lap mm. to get a player of his stature and ability, and he elevated them. He made everybody around them much better. Yep. But I'm going to say I think they are going to struggle. I look at that squad, and I wonder where are goals coming from? How are you going to stop goals? Yep. They, they just don't have enough of what you would consider true Premier League talent. They might find themselves in a battle. There you go. Fulham, uh, Mitrovic, they signed him. 43 goals the year before. Um, Is he going to be enough to keep them from the relegation zone and move them up at all? No. No, I, I, you know, I've always had a soft spot for Fulham way back to Brian McBride. Um, I, 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 I love it. You know, they're full America. We, 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 we love them for that. But I'm, again, much like Brentford, maybe not quite as bad, but I'm looking at that team. And, look, I'm a Tim Ream fan, but I think it's become clear he's just not quite Premier League level. Mm-hmm. So if he's starting a lot of games for them, that's going to be a struggle. Anthony Robinson, I do like him quite a bit. But I'm looking through this team. Kanakart, 30 years old, I don't know how much he's going to be contributing I'm just not seeing where – I mean, Mitrovic is not going to score 43 goals for Fulham this season. No, it's no, just not going no. to happen. Is Bobby D. cordova Reed going to be able to weigh in with much? They just don't go deep enough. If they can't find it in a hurry, we might be talking about them in relegation before December. Mm. And we go to AFC Bournemouth uh, with Scott Parker at the helm. Scott Parker, what can he do – with what he's got. Well, what he's got is a phenomenal head of hair. I mean, this guy <laughs> looks like he walked out of the officer's club okay. Okay. in a, in a, in a 1942 Don't. World War II film. Okay. The guy's brilliant. I, 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 I call him Captain Parker. I'm going to need you to stop that because, you know, Miss Blue. Colonel Parker. Miss Blue loves soccer because of the managers, okay? Uh-huh. So I'm just saying, just just stop. But anyway. Again, Bournemouth, I just don't think they've, they've – just don't have the squad to compete in the way they want to. I mean, I'm looking here and I'm not seeing anybody that I I would back to say, I'm going to put this team on my shoulders Mm -hmm. and and lead them to what would be considered the promised land, which is, you know, getting close to a a top 10 or something like that. If they manage to stay up, I think it will be a very, very good job from Scott Parker. Mm If they do manage to stay up, then maybe he can start having a conversation about give me some money. Let's yeah. look at bringing in some young guys on yep. loan, a couple veterans, the way some of these other teams need to. Yep. But I think he's going to have a fight on his hands. Yeah. So let's go to the ninth place team, which was a surprise last year, Brighton and Hove. Um, their only loss in the last nine games, man, were to Man was to Man City. Um, Graham Potter's doing some great stuff, signing good talent. But as Brighton goes, they always sign good talent. But can they keep the talent, man, to keep them where they're at now? Again, I, I, I'm, I'm looking at this squad, and I think their biggest problem is one of their best players last year has been linked with multiple different clubs. Mark Kukurea, Kukurea. just played tremendous at left back. Um, He's been linked with Man City. I think he's been more closely linked with Chelsea recently, mm-hmm. which um, 
sort of raises a question mark over your boy uh, Ben Chilwell. Oh, no, uh, no, no, now, no. Now, again, you and I differ on him a little bit. Um, now, here's the thing. You might be able to play a system where you push one of them further forward uh, in, in the way that, you know, there were occasions where Shaw and Tellez were both on the field for United last year. Yeah. You've got true lefties out there. It could work. But back to Brighton and Hove, again, I think they're going to struggle. They do have the experience, and I think that's, you know, a, 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 an advantage they have. And Graham Potter has done a really good job and does seem yeah. to have the players in the right mentality. I'm not going to put them in the relegation fight just yet, um, yep. but let's revisit this in a few months. So Ralph Hasenhutl and Southampton. Um, One victory in the last 12 matches, man. I, I think they're going in. They're looking bad. Um, I, I, once again, spoiler alert. I actually have them in one of my relegations. Yeah. Um, what do you think? I, I, I don't I don't think you're wrong to be talking about them like that. The the thing about Southampton is they have such history and they have such mentality as a club that, you know, they might be able to find themselves in a position to just weather some storms. Mm. I don't really see anybody that's standing out here that that's jumping out to me going, Oh, you know what? You know, at, Look, you got James Ward-Prowse. They're, they're going to get free kicks. They're going to score some goals. That's nice. But where else is it coming from? Uh, yeah. You know, Che Adams did not distinguish himself as an outstanding. You know, he scored some big goals. He didn't score a lot of goals. Right. Um, Theo Walcott, I mean, look, dude's 33 years old. If it's time to have a breakout season, it's time to have a breakout season. <laughs> uh, I, I could see Southampton in the scrap. Okay. Um, let's move to our friends at Newcastle. Um, you know, new renovated stadium, um, huge momentum. Eddie Howe coming in, just totally got this team playing the way that they should play. He turned it around. They got a new goalkeeper, Nick Pope from Burnley. Um, can they ride this momentum that they have? That. This might be one of the better questions and the biggest question mark, or one of the bigger question marks of the upcoming season. They have been great since Eddie Howe came in, put in his philosophy, and obviously the you know nefarious money that is coming in as well, and that that's a whole other conversation. But the reality is, I've not seen Newcastle do much in this window. I've mm. not seen any mm-hmm. any really. Yeah eye-opening buys. I'm seeing a lot of the same players, and they're good. They can contribute. I'm really surprised, honestly, to still see Alan St. Maximin there. I would have expected um, him to move on. Mm. So maybe that's good work from Eddie Howe, and, and he's convincing him to stay. Bruno Gimaraes was really nice last year. Uh, both long staffs <laughs> um, are good. I, I, we, we've gotten into some alcohol, ladies and gentlemen. I'm still a John Joe Shelby fan for all his kind of craziness. But again, you know, I'm naming players that are the wrong side of 30 here. Mm. Uh, mm. If they don't start bringing in some new blood, it might be too late come the January transfer window for them to recover. And I'm not, I don't think they're going to be in a relegation battle. But this is a squad who, with all that momentum from last year, you'd be saying definitely going to be top 10, maybe looking for a European spot. Not Champions League, but looking for one of those Euro Europa spots. Right now, I'm just not seeing it. I got to tell you, the next club we're going to talk about, Nottingham Forest, I had no idea the history that they had. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, Steve Cooper, their manager, um, coached them to uh, get back into 
the uh, Premier League. Uh, you know, can they reclaim that history and ride that with the signing of Jesse Lingard, man? I, I, I really do think, and, and, and well, I'll just I'll just leave it at that. I, I do not have them getting relegated this year. I can see them staying up because they've made two uh, really, really solid um, transfers. One is a loan. One's I believe I believe uh, Lingard is is permanent. So they've got Dean Henderson coming in on goal. Mm. Uh, you know, last year's, you know, very frustrated, thought he was going to get more starts for Manchester United. Mm-hmm. Got COVID. At the exact same time, De Gea came back strong oh, and is man. now back to being one of the top goalies yes. around. Um, so Henderson's got things to prove, and if he chooses to do so instead of being a punk-ass bitch like he was in an interview <laughs> this week, um, it could be important. But here's the problem. Nottingham Forest are going to have some struggles. Uh, again, uh, you yeah. know, I, I look at this team, and I don't see a lot of names I know because I don't, you know, I don't follow the championship quite as closely, and, and they're coming up. They could definitely struggle. That said, if Jesse Lingard finds the form he found at West Ham and inspires the guys around him, if Dean Henderson goes mm-hmm. back to playing the way he was when he was on loan for the last couple of seasons mm-hmm. uh, from Manchester United, look, you, you've, you've got some good building blocks. I'm just not sure there's enough there. I don't know if I'm going to say they're in a relegation fight just yet. Again, we're going to know a lot about this team in the first couple of months. So let's move to Leicester. Leicester City. Um, you know, Harvey Barnes is there. Can um, he stay on? You know, can he stay on form? Uh, Barnes scored for them quite a bit last year, and that was good. But the problem is that they they really haven't had any new signings. So what does that do with guys like? Vardy, um, you know what, what? What does Brendan Rodgers have to do, dude, to make this team the same team that won the Premier League in what sixteen? No, fifteen. Yeah. Well, that's not going to happen. Uh, it, it just isn't. You're right. They've just not brought in players the way they need to. They're still relying on this old guard. I, I'm looking at Johnny Evans is 34 years old. Mm. Uh, I'm looking at Vestergaard, 30 years old. Harvey Barnes is young. I just don't know how much you can build around him. And the big question mark is Yuri Tielemans is on everybody's radar right now. Yeah. So if one of your better players ends up going to oh, another club late in the window, done. And, and let's face it, Leicester's not exactly a place where people are clamoring to end up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Brendan Rodgers is a good manager, and I could see him maybe finding some you know, uh, players from clubs he's been at previously, maybe finding some young Celtic guys coming sure. in. Oh. But, but ultimately – I just don't I, – I think Leicester is going to languish around 10 to 12. Mm, okay. Um, let's move to the Wolves. Um, you know, Wolverhampton, they, they struggled to score last year. I mean, they just struggled to score. And the fact is is that they've got strikers. They've got people um, who can get the job done. I, I don't understand what happened with them last year. Traore just did not look like yeah. Traore last year. What's going on with them? What do they need to do? Are they going to be relegated? I thought they were a little quick to uh, give up on their manager at the beginning of last season. Um, I, I, I just I, I feel like they're one of those clubs that could be. Mm. But when you watch them play, there just does seem to be something missing. Now, mm-hmm. you know, Triore is still technically on the books. We'll see if he's still there. They've got Neto. They've got Dendonker, who's still playing well. Joao Moutinho, Podence, Neves. 
all these guys, except all these guys are being linked with moves away. And even if just one or two of them go, that's going to really disrupt what yeah. that team has because they no, don't they don't go deep. And we've seen that even you know two seasons ago yeah. when they were playing really really exceptional and then ran into some injuries toward the end of the year. They're just not deep. Not going to be probably I don't think in a relegation fight, but I don't think they're going to be challenging the top ten either. Cool. Um, and then uh, finally, before we get to our our respective teams, Aston Villa, dude, Cortino, Ings, um, can they pull everyone together? I mean, it's a good quality squad. I, I really think that Steven Gerrard can can continue kind of what Villa did last year. They they kind of languished a little bit last year, mm-hmm. especially toward the end. But can can they? Can they gain momentum going into this new season? Yeah, I think the key is really going to be, you know, what Gerard's influence can be. Uh, you know, he, he came over um, from from Celtic himself. Was it Celtic? Uh, Gerard. Um, it, was uh, it was where an intern would come in handy. We need an intern. He, he did come from another league. I, I know that. I apologize. I should know all this off the top of my head, of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, I look. Emmy Martinez in goal is tremendous. You got Maddie Cash, you got Consta, Tyrone Mings, Callum Chambers, Ashley Young. Yes, he's old, but his veteran, you know, experience comes in. Lucas D- Luca Dina, um, Josh McGinn. I mean, I, I look and I see talent. Rangers. Rangers. Rangers, thank you. Celtic fans would be very pissed off oh. about that mistake. Um, yeah, Danny Ings. There are names here. There are names. It's really going to depend on how Gerard wants them to play. Yeah. Um, is Coutinho going to kind of lose interest in the way he has for previous clubs? Uh, he's a little mm. injury prone. Mm. Um, they're to me, they're a really, really interesting club to put an asterisk on because if Gerard can get them playing a way that I think he wants them to play, um, they could be very successful and they could cause problems for teams. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the last little piece of the Hey Aaron segment. We are going to look at the Reds, and we're going to look at the Blues. Here's what i got to say about Man U, my friend, and then I want to hear from you. There are three words. Three words. Eric, Tin, Hog. Right there. Um, He needs time, And, and I think he needs to address the culture. He needs to address the mentality. Um, but I'm going to say something that, quite frankly, oh, my goodness. Good friend of the pod. Good friend of the pod right there. Wow. We're live, Simmons. Oh, yeah. Pop in. Pop in. Hey. There we go. This is what happens, ladies and gentlemen. This is what happens right here. We, we got you. Good time um, had by all. I believe, and this is – I, I want to get your take on this. I believe it was the right move. To stick by Harry Maguire, and here's why: because it's not all his fault. And I do believe Harry Maguire can lead this team if given the right motivation, if backed by the right manager. My friend, you have been a Manchester United fan forever, so I want to hear what you have to say. Is this Chelsea boy kind of on a? right track when it comes to what Man U has to do. And also, Man U is going to be the most critiqued team this year in the Premier League. And it's not fair. In my opinion, it's not fair. But that's just what's going to happen. Well, I'd say the reality is 
in the history of the Premier League, Manchester United have always been oh, the, 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 the most critiqued team. Good they they, they claim to be the biggest club in the world and therefore take a lot of criticism yep. for it. There was, an, you know, along those lines, uh, there was a, a report that came out saying that the most abused professional soccer players, at least in the Premier League, are Cristiano Ronaldo and Harry Maguire. Mm. And I can believe that because if you're as good as Cristiano Ronaldo, there's just going to be haters. There's, sure. there's going to be the Messi fans. There's sure. going to be the guys who call him Penaldo and, and all this stuff. And quite frankly, his behavior recently has not done him any favors. Harry Maguire, I think criticism is fair. I think some of the things that have been said, especially like going after his family and things, is yeah. just way, way, Awful. way overboard. Um, I don't know that I would have stuck with him, but I do like the way Eric Tenhog has come in and laid down the law, said this is what's going to happen. Can he follow through on it? We, we see the issue this week of, of Cristiano Ronaldo and a handful of players leaving before the end of the game. There's big question marks over, did they have permission? It doesn't sound like they did, at least from Eric Tenhog. But beyond that, what I'm seeing in practice, what I'm seeing in the game so far, what the players are saying, yep. you know, he's, he's brought a plan and intends to stick to the plan. And as far as I can tell, Ole and Ralph did not have plans so much as they had some ideas. Mm. And Eric Ten Hag seems to have a plan. I don't think that plan will come to fruition this year, but they can't afford to find themselves outside the top four. So that's going to be a big issue for them. Go, ladies and gentlemen, they're the Reds. And next and finally, Chelsea till I die. My friends, um, I owe this is the part I told you to not listen to. Um, there are so many unanswered questions around Chelsea right now. Absolutely. You know, uh, and, and I think it all stems, it stems back to, I hate saying this. It stems back to Will Sterling coming in, right? Will Tuchel truly try something different and try and build a team around someone rather than trying to get people to fit into a system? Because it, it, because here's the thing. We we tried that with Lukaku, and I'm not sure. I, I still think the verdict is out. I'm not sure we gave Lukaku a true chance. Lukaku is one of those type of players that I think you bring in. Okay, what can we adjust? What can we adjust to kind of, you know, highlight him? We're going to have to adjust some things mm -hmm. so Sterling fits into this whole symbiosis that we're trying to create. Tuchel's my guy. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure he knows what to do right now. I, I don't I don't have confidence in this team. I'm not panicking, mm -hmm. but I don't have confidence in this team because there's a lot of unanswered questions right now from an outsider looking in. My opinion is, is that we look incredibly vulnerable and a top half finish, at least right now, is 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 what we should be looking for. I, I hope that that's false. I hope that's off. But there are so many teams nipping at the heels of mm. Chelsea right now 
that if we don't get our shit together really quick, I think there's an issue. What do you think? Well, I, I hope you mean top half of the top half, because I don't think there's any chance Chelsea's going to find themselves in the bottom half of the table for any period of time. Yeah. There's just way too much talent out there. The question marks are, what is going to be the system? What What yes. is the plan moving forward? And what was meant by a lot of the heavy criticism that came from Thomas Tuchel toward his players questioning their commitment, their yeah. mentality, yeah. their fitness levels. That was first, scary for me. First off, it's your job as the manager yes. to have them their commitment ready, to have their fitness levels ready, to have them mentally prepared. And if you've got guys that you don't think are, are want to be there or can't perform the way you need to, then you've got to be Eric Ten Hag and say, no, you're not going to be here. Frank wouldn't have said that. Well, that's true. That's true, <laughs> I, I unfortunately, but, not, but, neither, but neither would Ole. Uh, yeah. I think Chelsea's big question mark is going to be, can they score goals? And what, what's the plan? How are they going to play? They've got a ton of attacking yeah. players, but no absolute goal scorers. And last season was clearly an attempt to play Lukaku and Timo Werner as, as traditional nines. And that didn't work out for a variety of reasons. One, I don't think Timo Werner's a good enough goal scorer for the Premier League. And then Romelu Lukaku, I, I don't know. Uh, we're going to find out an awful lot about Romelu Lukaku this season because if he goes back to Inter and he's the leading scorer in the league and all yeah. that shit again, then, then that you know what? It, 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 too cool. It was definitely a system. But you've got Raheem Sterling, Mason Mount, Kai Havertz. Um, we still have Captain Hak- Hakim Ziyech. And Christian Pulisic, can you figure out how to make these guys work together and platoon your goals the way that Man City and Liverpool have with their front six over the past couple of seasons? If he can, I mean, I'd honestly, if I was Tuchel, I'd have these guys watching film of what City and Liverpool have done. They don't press in the same way, so they don't get the the turnovers and the balls in the same positions on the field. But I think the difference is, is they've also got some players that other teams don't have. But... Conte has shown mm. some injury issues over the last mm. couple of seasons. Tiago kind of getting up there. Getting up with, there. You know, you've, you've, you've brought in um, uh, Koulibaly to replace Rudiger, mm-hmm. which I actually think is an upgrade. I do too. Um, is it all going to fit together? Connor Gallagher. Who, who ultimately is going to play? Yeah, where does Connor Gallagher fit in this? Is he Conte's backup? Is he good enough to step in when Conte isn't healthy? Is Ben Chilwell going to find himself injured again or in a, a, a battle with Mark Kukurea for left back? All of these things are no. huge question marks <laughs> that, yeah. that need to be answered, and they need to be answered quickly because, yes. you know, some of these other teams can afford to lose a few games early on because they're not going to be trying to challenge for trophies. Yeah. But if Chelsea spend August and September trying to figure it out, oh. it's over. It's over. Over. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for sticking with us. Um, that was the Hey Aaron slash Hey Evan segment uh, of our season. Um, we have come now to the final piece where Aaron gets to send us out. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. This is a uh, momentous occasion. I, I, my goal this year, my friend, is to get us a sponsorship from the Chatham family. It may not be money. It may just be beer. But, you know, however it works. It works. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. So now we are transitioning into the Hey Aaron segment, uh, literally my favorite segment of the show. 
Thank you so much for joining us, guys. And um, Aaron, what do you have for us? Well, I, I, I want to cover the last part of Hey Aaron that, that we didn't get to, and I and I'm going to say the uh, here, here's here's my top six prediction. Oh, uh, that's right. I, I got to pee. That's a problem. I, yeah. <laughs> it's a problem with drinking. Yeah, 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 that's uh, right. I I think um, barring anything unforeseen, I think Manchester City are really really mm. going to be on a march to the title. Okay. Liverpool will be there fighting with them. I question whether or not um, they're going to have the um, sort of team chemistry with Nunez coming mm-hmm. in and, and things of that nature. I don't know that they go as deep as they need to as Manchester City. Uh, so I'm going to pip uh, City to the title okay. uh, or, or, or select them for the title. I got Liverpool second. Um, I, I think for the first time in a while, we're going to see Arsenal really mounting wow. a, a, a challenge. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to say the fourth place spot is up for grabs between United, Tottenham, and Chelsea. Mm. Um, and what the things that we just discussed are really, really going to go a long way to wow. determine that. A healthy Harry Kane, yeah, they're going to challenge for the top four. Yeah. An unhealthy Harry Kane, they are not going to. Does Chelsea spend the first month trying to figure it out? I don't know. Does Eric Ten Hag sort it out with Cristiano Ronaldo and some of these guys? These are big question marks. So I think Arsenal find themselves in a slightly better position mm. than those other mm. clubs. Um, most goals, again, barring injury, Erling Holland could score more than 30 goals in the league this season. It, wow. it really, really could be a bloodbath, um, especially if Pep does what Pep does, which is get these guys playing for one another, get them on the same page. And if they get to a point where they're creating the same level of opportunities that they have been and recognize that they've got the tip of the spear in a guy like Erling mm. Holland, they're, they're just going to run rampant. Yep. Um, I mean, player of the year, I'll tell you this. If Erling Holland scores 30 goals, he's the player of the year. Oh, wow. If okay. Kevin De Bruyne yeah, is yeah. responsible for yes. most of his assists, yes. they might share that trophy. Yes. Um, yes. Other than that, uh, gosh, I, I, I just, I'm not sure who from other, you know, if, if Harry Kane were to be the leading scorer in the league and put Tottenham in the top, top three, I could totally see that. Um, and I, I wouldn't rule out a Gabriel Jesus uh, oh, okay. as well. Okay. Uh, you know, I mean, this award tends to go to guys who are either scoring goals or setting up goals. Yep. So I'm saying Holland and De Bruyne uh, are, are the are the big ones up top. Um, relegation. Uh, give us your thoughts real quick. I was going to say I'm going to get out of here because man, I, I'm, I'm going to embarrass myself <laughs> at Chatham. Um, I, I, I'm going to tell you um, I've got for my top six Liverpool. Liverpool, you break through this year. Liverpool, Man City, Tottenham for third. United for fourth. They get back to Champions League play. Arsenal fifth. Chelsea sixth. Um, You know, I I love you. I love you, Blues. I just think that's what's going to happen. Most goals, yes. I do agree. Erling Holland. Um, Player of the year, though, I am, I mean, I'm, 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 Honestly, going to go the other route, and um, I, I'm I'm stepping on a limb here. I hope Reese James, <laughs> Player of the Year, uh, relegation wise, Fulham, Southampton, Bournemouth. That's what I got. Yeah, I I got to be honest. It, it's it's a struggle for me to look elsewhere uh, from those clubs. Yeah. I, I think Nottingham aren't going to have a great season, but I think they're going to be Don't a team that is, is able to uh, push through it. Um, 
Fulham, Southampton, and Bournemouth, I just don't think are going to have the quality or the depth to be able to, to, to compete with everybody. I could really see them. I, I could see a Southampton struggling to pick up very many points before yeah. December. So, Ladies and gentlemen, we are now at the Hey Aaron segment. I will be back. <laughs> yes, thus ends the Hey Aaron segment. <laughs> Folks, um, this has been an absolute blast. Uh, I, I want to give a big shout-out to everybody at Chatham Tap Fishers and the entire Chatham family for letting us do this. Um, I, I encourage you to get here, get to any of their locations and, and check them out. They're wonderful places. They have fantastic food, some of the best wings in town. Uh, I can tell you that uh, because uh, the owner of the downtown location is a massive Manchester United fan, they will be open for every Manchester United match, no matter how early Check them out. They are online. All these te- all these uh, places have a, a, a social media presence. Definitely check them out on Facebook uh, to find out when each of them we open it up and what games will be getting played. Uh, reminder: Chatham Tap Fishers uh, definitely open on Friday afternoon for that Crystal Palace Arsenal season opener. Then Saturday at 10 a.m. for all the matches. Sunday at 9 a.m. Folks, I I just I couldn't be happier to do this. I'm so happy to share this with Evan when he's not in the bathroom. Um, it, it's it's just this is a passion. Uh, it, this is so much fun to be able to talk about this game, to have people interact with this. Um, big shout out to Io for for being on. Hope to have him uh, on live and in person uh, instead of dialing in with us uh, and just having a great time. So, folks, thank you for tuning in. This was definitely the big show for an hour and a half, and uh, I think we will probably be back on a, a weekly basis. Uh, once the season kicks off. So uh, look for us next Wednesday. Uh, it'll definitely be every other week, uh, if not. But I have a feeling that uh, this season's going to be a big deal, and there's a lot more people being uh, getting involved and hitting us up. So if you want to be part of the action, uh, we've got our five minutes of infamy section uh, where you can uh, just vent about whatever in the game or, hey, uh, socio-political stuff enters the uh, soccer world as well. So would love to have you guys out. Another friend of the pod, Dave, are just walking through, having a blast here tonight. Um, get your shots in. Enjoy. Uh, I don't know when Evan's coming back, so slancha. Love you. Oh, here's Evan. Here's Evan to, to, to give us the sign out. Evan Evan ran back my, here. My so he's, hands are freshly washed, he's, by the he's, way. He's, he's, he's definitely lighter than he was when he left us. Woo. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in. Had a blast tonight. Uh, boom. Evan, what do we say? Hashtag black people vote. Hashtag say gay. Hashtag say watch women's sports, folks. Yes. Love you. Tune in next week. <laughs>